Good morning, everybody. It's very lovely for Terry and me to be with you this morning and to share worship together and to see, I was going to say some old faces, but you might (laughs) take offence at that. See your lovely faces, how's that? And if you're visiting us today, that's tremendous. I also am a visitor. I'm going to read to you from uh, the book of Numbers, chapter 13. I'm reading from the New International Version. And I'm going to start at verse 1, Numbers chapter 13. It says this, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe send out, or send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. And then we're skipping down a bit. Uh, Verse 16. These are the names of the men sent to explore the land. Moses gave Hoshea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of... Towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees on it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit to the land of the land. It was the season for the first ripe grapes. So they went up and explored the land from the desert of Zin as far as Rehob towards Lebo Hamath. They went out through the Negev and came to Hebron, where Iman, Shishai, and Talmai, the turn the page, descendants of Anak lived. Hebron had been built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. When they reached the valley of Eshkol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Two of them carried it on a pole between them along with some pomegranates and figs. That place was called the valley of Eshkol because of the cluster of grapes the Israelites cut off there. At the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who'd gone up with him said, we can't attack those people, they're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they'd explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Amen. My talk this morning is entitled, We Are Not Grasshoppers. We are not grasshoppers. But verse 33 says, We seemed like grasshoppers 
in our own eyes. This record which I've just read to you is uh, a record of historical fact. This really happened. This isn't a story you just learn about in Sunday school if you go to Sunday school or in church if you go to big church, grown-up church. This is a historical fact. This really, really happened. And I emphasise that because of the significance of it. The events and the record are for us a lesson in faith and a lesson against doubt and it's a lesson that there are consequences of a lack of faith. Uh, Real consequences. It is really a call to us to believe, to have faith in God. A call to us to fix our eyes on Jesus. A call to us to look to him, to see his outcome for us. That's really the purpose of this record for us, not just as a bit of history. Scripture's given, and the Old Testament in particular, is given for us to learn from it and for the examples that are recorded there to become character-forming for us so that we do not make the same mistakes they made. That's a fact. So here we are, the story, some historical facts. I've picked out some really salient points which I just want to speed through briefly before we start to unpack it in detail. First of all, verse 2 says that, go spy the land that I'm giving you. This was the land which had been promised to God's people from Abraham. This wasn't a new thing. And we could say that because God is God and when he says, I'm giving you this land, it's the same as saying, I've given you this land. Go and spy out the land. I've given you. Verse 2 also says that he sent leaders. I, I, uh, I've obviously known that for years, but it came with a freshness to me. It was the leaders who ended up bringing the bad report. It wasn't just spies, ten bad spies. It was ten leaders who brought a bad report. They did what they were told. They carried out a very careful survey. Uh, they were told to see if the place, the people were strong or weak, the land was fertile or not, and so on. And they did that. They, they made a thorough uh, reconnaissance of the land. And before you get into any kind of battle, that's got to be a good strategy, hasn't it? Jesus taught us to count the cost. Which of you says, I'm going to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and say, if I order the boiler, I'll make sure I've got the money. Yeah? You do. You just do, don't you? And it's the same with battle. You don't go out to war unless you think you can beat the opposition. So it was a good principle. But it didn't depend on what they found in terms of opposition as a deciding factor of whether they could take the land or not, which we're coming to. I would say this in their favour, they were brave to enter and spy out. We mustn't ignore that fact. They did, for 40 days, uh, reconnoitre the land, and they were brave to do that. They could have been uh, picked up, couldn't they? And they reported back with samples of fruit as they were initially asked to do. If you can, bring back some samples. We want to see how good the goodies are. You know, look at this, look at this T-shirt which I got in, I don't know, uh, H&M for two quid. Really? Yeah, let's go and get some. Look at these grapes. Amazing. This is what we can expect if we enter the land. So they reported back. But <clears throat> not only did they start their report by saying it was good. I noticed that, verse 27. Uh, What did they say, verse 27? They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. It was good. 
But then they convert the report to a bad report, verses 28-29, pretty damning report. The people who live there are powerful. Cities are fortified, very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, the giants, descendants of the giants. So, yes, it flows with milk and honey, but the cities are strong and the people are big. And we, we just thought we, we're grasshoppers before them. So they turn the good report to bad report. But two of the leaders, Caleb and Joshua, said, Hebrew is interesting, we are able, that's the Hebrew, we are able to do this. But the next verse, Hebrews, interesting again, you are not able. We are able, you are not able. It was that, between leaders. We can do it. No, we can't. Yes, you can. And so subsequently, if you look at chapter 14, verses 1 to 4, it says, that night, all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only... We had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And so what had happened was God had brought them to the edge of the land that had been promised all those many, many, many years ago to Abraham. God had brought them there through incredible, powerful activity. He had sent the plagues on Egypt to the point where Pharaoh said, get them out, get them, let them go, let them go. And God had sustained them on the journey to the edge of the promised land and reminded them, I'm giving you this land, go in and spy it out, go and see what I'm giving you. And so they're in this position, but they still grumble. And they still reject 